Hey everyone, <laughs> it's the Telling the Tale podcast. I'm your host Mitchell Farley Wolf, and with me, as always, is my co-host Dustin Jackson. And we just played episode two of Sam and Max Beyond Time and Space: Maui Better Blues. How are you doing, Dustin? Um, I'm doing just dandy today. Uh, we just played some Sam and Max uh, Moai Better Blues, and I had a, a I had a pretty all right time. Yeah, I. <laughs> Sorry, I, I should have waited for you to ask me what I thought of the episode. Yeah, I feel like you're tipping your hand a little bit, but uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll I'll just say that um, I'm tripping over myself. Yeah, I, I'll just say that um, since we spoke to each other last, we actually recorded the last episode earlier than we normally do, and this episode later than we normally do, and I edited the last episode way earlier than we normally do, so this feels like I've had a bit of a vacation from the podcast, uh, but that's only because I had a bit of a vacation in real life, too. I did not go to Easter Island. <laughs> I instead chose to go to Big Bear, which is a, a man-made lake in California. And uh, I'll tell you, Dustin, it, it's no Easter Island. <laughs> hey, I don't think they have giant Moai heads that I know of. No, they don't. Uh, <laughs> so... Do you want to do you want to talk about like our lives or do you want to do you want to do the small talk this time? Yeah, or... we can do some small talk. Yeah, uh, how was your, your vacation? Oh, it's fine. How's your life? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, I didn't have a vacation, but I guess since I work from home anyway, uh, it kind of was a vacation. That's a bad so... mindset, Dustin. You shouldn't get trapped <laughs> like that. I'm sorry. You should separate your work and family life. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, I try not to get my family involved in my work. Uh, unless they ask, then I'm like, ugh, fine. <laughs> but but no, I'm I'm between big projects right now. I finished a big art project a few weeks ago. And so I'm kind of in the middle of a big vacation right now since I got paid a... Uh, I don't want to say a hefty sum of money, but I paid enough that I can live comfortably... For a little bit without necessarily uh, working that hard. Nice. That's a good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, small talk over. Man, this is a good <laughs> podcast. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, on Telling the Tale, we'll be playing through all 140 of Telltale's video game episodes. Recounting what they were able to produce before their un uh, unfortunate closure in 2018. So... Please search for Telling the Tale on any podcasting app. We're on pretty much everything now. And even YouTube. We're on YouTube now. That's new. And you That's can... crazy. Isn't it crazy that you're on Technology. YouTube, Dustin? I, n I never thought I would see the day. Yeah. My, my sister the other day actually asked me, do you think you're on YouTube anywhere? Like in the background of someone's video? And I got to be all cool and say like... Mitch looks at the camera and says, huh. Just you wait. Yeah, I'm in the background of a video. I might even be <laughs> the point of a couple of them. <laughs> Not to brag or anything. Not to brag, because literally it's easy to do. But... <laughs> <laughs> literally anyone can be on Literally YouTube. anyone. Everyone has a phone with a camera. It's it's for free. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, Peyton, I'm on YouTube. 
but please subscribe where you find us. Uh, if you can, leave a review. If it's a positive review and if it's a negative review, I guess do that. But I actually want you to not do that. Um, leave leave a rating. That's the same as leaving a review. Just yeah, You get it, it. It would be great. It would be great if you gave us five-star ratings. Even if you don't like it, we would still appreciate it. Yeah. Lie. Just go ahead and lie. Who's going to check? Who's going to ask you your real thoughts? Yeah, I think we're a solid three and a half to four-star podcast. And if you we're, give us five stars... There. You're really just paying a few stars forward for the next person. That's right, and we appreciate it, and we will send you something in the mail afterwards. Don't say that. (laughs) I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's true. Never mind. Uh, You ever pay for someone behind you in a fast food drive-thru? I... You know what? I'd like to say I have, but I don't think I have. I don't think you should feel bad for not, for not doing that. I, I did it exactly one time because the previous time that I had gone through a fast food drive through the person mm-hmm. in front of me paid for my stuff. And I was almost mad about it. <laughs> I was almost mad about it. Who does this guy think he is? Yeah, I got to a point where I was I was just thinking like, I got to pay this forward right now. I don't want to have to <laughs> I don't want to have to think about this at all. I'm out. I I I'm out of this karmic chain. So I just did it the immediate next day and I I hate to say that I did this, but I did like hang around in the parking lot like pretending to get my <laughs> drinks situated and stuff a little bit longer than I had to just to watch uh-huh. their face to see if there were anything and their face was <laughs> like oh cool. And there was no no other reaction to it. You know, you know what? I don't want them to. F- I don't want to say they should f- be like over the moon about it, but I would be over the moon about it. I'd be like, "Oh my god, that's the nicest thing in the world! Thank you for buying my uh, Big Mac and fries." I think it's very okay for you to never have done it if it's never happened to you, and I think no one should ever do it again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if, um, if if people ask for for help, that's that's very different. But that like, mm, I'm just gonna randomly uh, just uh, see if they want some money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd gladly take it if it was done for me. But at the same time, it, I don't, I don't know. It, it <laughs> <laughs> I would appreciate it, but then it would be like, well, now I gotta do it. Ugh. Jeff Bezos has to do it though. Yeah, <laughs> he's he has to do it. Everyone else is. He should just... do it for me and for you. Yeah. Uh, one more thing before we start talking about the actual reason that we uh, talk to each other every week is that we are aware of the VR game Sam and Max. This time it's virtual. We are aware of it. Awareness achieved. Um, <laughs> I, I've got some people messaging me about it, which is interesting because people have not messaged me before. About this that's podcast very, very interesting. Ha- that's very interesting having people messaging you to cover stuff. I never would have uh, predicted that. Yeah, I don't know why they're not doing it to you. Uh, <laughs> 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 Next time, message Dustin. He'll he'll secretary that all, all that situation. Yeah, he wants it. Yeah, don't worry. I'll make sure Mitch gets it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we're aware of the game. Uh, I I have been made aware that there is nothing that ties it to the canon of the Telltale Sam and Max games. That said, the Telltale Sam and Max games are made by former LucasArts people, 
and that's sort of why they were given the legitimacy that they had when they came out. Mm. And this game is also made by former LucasArts people. So, oh, nice. Like, there, there is a reason for us to cover it, and we might at some point. Um, but the problem is that VR is just hard to get. It's hard and very expensive. Yeah, I, I like VR. I've played VR a few times, and I've enjoyed it most of the times I've done it. I don't have a headset, and this podcast is simply not making enough money to justify the purchase <laughs> of a headset for a game we aren't supposed to cover. So we're not going to know much about that game for a little while, probably. Yeah, we're sorry, yeah. everyone. We're sorry we're not made of money. Yeah, I would like to be <laughs> made of money, but uh, this podcast is, is actually a negative expenditure so far. So <laughs> that's how that goes. But I mean, it Nowhere looks to cool. Go but up. It looks cool to me. The game looks interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm down for any new Sam and Max stuff, and I like that they keep the uh, voices for the characters. Actually, Dustin, real quick, I'm going to go to Google, look up Sam and Max. This time, it's virtual. Okay. Metacritic. See see how people are liking it. Oh, good point. I never even... the, The idea never even occurred to me. Um... No score, and the user <laughs> score is to be determined. Okay, cool. Yeah, we've got three critic reviews. Gaming Trend gave it an 85. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Upload VR gave it a 60. It's pretty weak. And okay. VR Focus gave it a 40. Oh, that's even worse. Uh, yeah, all over the Scores map. Scores across the board, yeah. Yeah, they're one positive, one mixed, and one negative, according to the way Metacritic reads those scores. Um, so I want to actually take a brief aside to read the 40 review that says, Okay. This time it's virtual is one of those VR experiences you want to love because the characters are so well-defined, amusing, and likable, even when Max is handing you a bundle of lit TNT. Oh, spoilers. Uh, that's not enough to carry the experience when a big chunk of the gameplay is either shallow or frustratingly twitchy. Clocking in at around three to five hours, once the final boss was down, that was really enough with no desire to pop back in to improve a mini-game ranking. The pictures of all the old games were kind of cool, though. Uh, good to know <laughs> that there's pictures. All right. Yeah, good to know it was kind of cool. Um, yeah, cool. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's very hard to get a good feel on where this game is, considering there's one that's really high and one that's pretty low and then one right in the middle. People just don't seem to understand how to rank VR games yet. It seems like we're in that period sort of right before Super Mario 64 for 3D games where a 3D game comes out and it kind of works and people are like, this is the best game ever because it's 3D and it works. <laughs> and uh, other people are like, well, it's clearly a bad game, though. So what do you do about that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea how to think about this time it's virtual. I bet it's yeah, I bet it's at least enjoyable. Yeah, I, I bet like as long as you enjoy Sam and Max, you'll have a good time. 
speaking of and enjoying, I enjoy Sam and Max. Yeah, speaking of enjoying Sam and Max. Um, <laughs> Sam and Max Beyond Time and Space, Episode 2, Maui Better Blues, was originally released on January 10th, 2008. We're finally in 2008. That's very future. That's the year I oh. found out about Telltale. Oh, you, you found out about them in the middle of Season 2. I did, yeah. Uh, because of the announcement of Strong Bad. And oh, right, right. So they announced it... Wait, did you say... You just found out about them this year. You didn't find out about them around this episode. No, th- just this year. Okay. So I think yeah. that episode four of this season was in the process. Of, like, it either had just come out a couple days before that Strong Bad announcement or was about to just come out. Uh, because okay. I re- remember the first Sam and Max episode I played that I bought was episode 204. I just wanted to see the most recent episode. I didn't understand how bad of an idea that was at the time. <laughs> yeah, what a what an episode to jump right into the middle to. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it was just the most recent thing after I had found what Telltale was all about. Um, so this episode, Maui Better Blues, came out two months after the last episode, so we're on a little bit of a... Uh, of a i guess you can it's still a regular release schedule it shouldn't have been two months these were usually one month each but i think you can skip december that's a that's a freebie month you don't need to release anything in december if you don't want to (laughs) i don't that's when santa's got his little elves working they're so small (laughs) they're we they're little uh munchkins Again, the writing designer credits. Uh, we talked about this last time, how they don't change for every episode this season. But they were Ferguson, Grossman, Logus, Jordan, Dallas, and Lester. Uh, and Lester. Yeah, they all have first names, too. <laughs> but That's a that's a good name to end on. Uh, Steve Purcell was also credited, of course, as he normally is. So, that's the episode. Dustin, what did you think of this <laughs> See episode? See you next time, everyone. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> so this episode of Sam and Max, I gotta be totally honest, Mitch, is not one of my favorites. I think it's the worst one. Like, I- including all of season one? Yep. I kind, I think I agree. It just, it's not very interesting. Not much happens to progress the plot. It's not very funny either. I only have like a few... Like, over the last few episodes, I've had, like, dozens of lines, and I had to pick, like, three of them. This one, I, like, I feel like I barely even had three. Yeah, when we were, when I was thinking of the, the contestant I have for this week's The Weekly Guy segment, um, <laughs> I, I picked someone that I sort of like, uh, and we'll get to it, but, like, there were just not very many strong showings from characters. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it's a it's a weak episode. I think it looks the worst any Sam and Max episode looks. It's very simple. Yeah, I I'm, wonder I'm... if it was if if it was just like a a weird in between episode for how much effort they were willing to put into these. I don't understand uh, exactly <laughs> how this could could come out of their <laughs> like lead director's quality assurance because the first episode of the season. Ice Station Santa is one of the best episodes so far. Right. And I remember you know, maybe the they next just three episodes being very good. 
Yeah, maybe they just weren't feeling it this time. That's fine. Everyone has an off day. Do you remember what the episode after this is? Yes. Yeah. I I don't remember much of what happens, but I remember really liking it the first time I played it. Yeah, it's called Night of the Raving Dead, and I just remember a lot of really cool set pieces and interesting characters. Uh, yeah. That, that mm-hmm. doesn't really happen this time. Not really, no. It, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, it especially sucks because I love Tropical Island settings. I feel like this one was kind of set up for me to really enjoy and just didn't really bring much this week. Well, um, I, I I did Google worst Sam and Max episode because I just had a feeling <laughs> uh-huh. that people would agree with us. And they do... That I went okay. to a Telltale forum post that was posted, I think, in the middle of The Devil's Playhouse, season three, coming out. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, in honor of The Devil's Playhouse wrapping up and each episode of this season being really, really good consistently, what is your favorite Sam and Max episode? And what is your least favorite Sam and Max episode? The favorites were all over the board. There was a lot of episodes four, five, and six from season one. Um, pretty much any episode except this one from season two. And then the least favorite, uh, like every single post, it said either Culture Shock, the fir- the very first episode, or Maui Better Blues. Yeah, I, I guess that actually says some good things about the series, considering that means like all almost all of the other episodes are pretty positively received. Yeah. And then it's it's just like this one and kind of the first episode that are not as favorably viewed. So that's good. That's good to hear. I like that. Yeah, that's interesting. It just too. doesn't work out in this episode's favor. Because we said that we liked um, Culture Shock more than episodes two or three. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do remember at the time liking it the least out of all of the episodes, but... Um, so so maybe they're still in in the past land where they posted that internet post feeling yeah. that feeling. I don't know why mm-hmm. I've turned around on culture shock exactly. I'm 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 right there with you. I for the longest time I remembered it being the one that's not as good. I remember thinking, "Oh, well, it was kind of a rough start, but they really picked it up afterwards." But no, I think episode 1 actually starts off pretty strong. Maybe it's the remaster. Some maybe some of the stuff with the theater is redone and it looks really cool. Um, yeah, but like I that's true. I'm looking at Maui Better Blues, like the the island, the the modeling of the island is some of the worst set dressing I've seen in any Telltale game, and I'm counting the first bone. I'm counting Texas Hold'em. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say it looks worse than Telltale Texas Hold'em. Well, Texas Hold'em's set dressing is fine because it's just a room like it it, it yeah. doesn't have to be if if it was aiming higher it probably would have shown worse but mm-hmm. um you you really only have like the three locations in this one like on the island you have the main island you have the tiki bar in the cave and that's it well you of course have the regular streets um as well as yeah. you always do well let's let's talk about it let's get into it the episode let's opens. get into this episode uh, it's a cold open of you coming right back from the North Pole in the DeZoto. You're you're just now finishing up the last episode. No time has passed almost. And then you see Sybil running down the street 
and she's being chased by a giant glowing red portal to somewhere and uh <laughs> and and that's that's how you're starting and you need to save Sybil. I will say I like this introduction. I think it's an interesting way to get started. Sybil's just being chased by a giant red portal. Yeah, like, I do like this. Oh, okay. Okay. There's a portal. I wonder what that's all about. And like it's it immediately drops you into an urgent situation. Well, urgent in quotes because you can just like screw around in your office and go into Bosco's and stuff before helping her. And I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I think you have to go into Bosco's, or theoretically at least. No, you have to go in. Uh, yeah, you have to go in Bosco's to figure out what to do with the uh, portal, and then you have to go to Stinky's to get the uh, stop sign to stop it. Yeah, Bosco just knows about these triangles. Uh, he tells you, I have a note here that says, "I love that Bosco just has a bunch of Bermuda Triangle information." <laughs> it's very in character for him. Yeah, he. Uh... It's asked why the Bermuda Triangle would be way up here, and he says they wander. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll say this about this episode: it's it's not like it's a completely miserable experience. You still get some good lines here and there, and uh, it, it's not like the worst thing I've ever played. Just in terms of Sam and Max, it's probably the worst. But you still get fun lines like that. Yeah. Um. You find out from Bosco that these triangles represent to, or they they react to hard geometry and colors, and that's it. That's how they speak. That's how they communicate. So if you throw a red octagon into it, it'll stop what it's doing. Good job. And if you uh, throw a blue rhombus into it, it'll get nostalgic about the 50s. (laughs) That's a, just another thing. So It's just a little joke. It's just a little gag. I, I think in another Sam and Max episode where the, especially one with like the puzzle quality turned up a bit, you would see other shapes reacting or, or having a reaction with the Bermuda Triangle. But really, it's just the stop sign thing. It's just it, red octagons make it stop. And that's it. So you find a stop sign in Stinky's diner, and then you throw it in, and it stops chasing Sybil. But then it sucks up Mr. Lincoln, and then Sybil jumps in after him. What do you think about Abraham Lincoln, the statue head, continuing to have a presence this far into the story? Um, it's weird. Right? He's not necessarily one of my favorite characters in the series. I like that it's an element that does carry over. Yeah, I, I like any threads. I, I like the threads they have, um, like Sybil and Lincoln's relationship, and just Lincoln hanging around since episode four of the first season. It's good. It has a lot of stickiness to it, but also... Um, I think this is one of the weaker threads at this point. Like, I I definitely (laughs) don't care about Abraham Lincoln's relationship. I like Sybil. I don't really care about Abraham Lincoln that much. Yeah. And and this is also sort of a repeat of what we've seen earlier, which is, like, Abraham Lincoln is hanging out with Sybil, but he's sort of not into it. And that's just the plot of this again. That's their plot line again. Nothing comes of it. It doesn't play into any puzzles. Is that true? I don't think you do anything with Sybil and Abe Lincoln. They're just there. 
That's yeah. You're I mean, right. I, I get. I guess. I guess they are the catalyst for the whole episode's plot. But you know, they're there on the island with you, and you don't need to talk to them for anything. Yeah, I remember in between acts two and three, uh, where you re-enter the area with Sybil and Abraham Lincoln. There's a little cutscene that plays where Sybil actually breaks up with Lincoln, mm-hmm. and. That would be the kind of thing that would happen if you need a mechanical thing to change in the world. And it doesn't. I guess you're right. I, had, I hadn't thought about that at, yet, but uh, nothing changes with Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I. so I was thinking about it because the whole time I was thinking, all right, what do I do with these guys? they got to be here for some reason. And then just, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm, I don't think so. So the portal sucks up Abraham Lincoln's head, and then Sybil dives in after it, and then Sam and Max are like, okay, well, we gotta save them, I guess. So they dive in after that, and then the the title shows up. That's like the impotence for starting the episode. Did you realize that the title screen has a fake name of the episode for every episode this season? I noticed it, but I noticed it, like, right when it was changing, so I didn't see what it was. So I, I wrote it down last episode. I forgot to bring it up. Uh, but let me, let me find what it was for Ice Station okay. Santa. I, I like when things have fake titles. Um, okay, so the last one was Sam and Max in the case of the Frostbitten Protuberance. Protuberance. <laughs> That's a good word. You don't hear that every day. Yeah. Uh, and now I better loses one. The fake title is Sam and Max jump in a triangle. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, that tells you what happens. So they do jump in a triangle, and then they are transported to Rapa Nui, otherwise known as Easter Island, and it's fine. Yeah, it's like I was saying earlier. It kind of sucks that this episode turned out the way it did because I think. I think this episode could have been very cool. I like the concept of it. It just doesn't really play out very well. I love tropical settings. I think this island, if it looked better and were more interesting, would be really cool with the uh, Easter Island heads and stuff. But it's just not. It's not. Yeah, it's just, it's really not. Uh, I Making video games is so hard. And sometimes you think that some of these puzzles are going to be more interesting than they are. And... It, mm. it's it can just happen i think out of a series like telltale sam and max having an episode like this when all of the other like less than stellar episodes were them just getting started this is really the one blemish and i i, I think it's fine that there's just one blemish. yeah yeah especially since all the other ones are all pretty good ex- except for like you said the earlier ones that were a little bumpy Overall, I would say the Telltale Sam and Max series is very good, very solid. So it's it's fine if you get one that's not so good. Yeah. Um, so Sybil and Lincoln are fine. They're just having a picnic already instantly. They're instantly having a picnic as soon as they jump across the triangle. They are not <laughs> bothered by the anything. <laughs> uh, and the Maui had say that there's this prophecy that when the big triangle shows up, the volcano is going to explode. And oh, no. Sam and Max are at first kind of just like, that's a bummer. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, which I, which is how they would react. 
I I kind of don't understand why they were convinced to help. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I don't really remember the motivations. There is nothing <laughs> in it well. for them. Uh, I, th- I think they found out that their prophecy, the Maui Head's prophecy, did mention them coming to help. Oh, that's right. Um, and But even then, I don't know why they would be convinced by that. Yeah, like, just leave. Yeah. Uh, you have the portal to leave. So they find out that if they can get in this super secret cave... They can reverse whatever thing is making the volcano erupt because it should be dormant, but isn't, I think, is the idea. It's not like an active uh, volcano. It it should be dormant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you I, try to go I think to, so. You try to go in the cave that is labeled super secret cave. And it's it's just right there in front of him. And then baby Jimmy Hoffa comes out. <laughs> You said that very casually. Well, you laughed at the concept, so t- you tell me about how you feel about baby Jimmy Hoffa and all the other baby versions of missing people found on this item uh, island. I don't really like it. Okay. <laughs> I don't really know why. I guess it's just weird to me that you have characters based off of uh, real... I guess the concept is clever, but like, I don't know. I don't I don't really care about baby versions of real people. <laughs> um But also it's the only way you could really do this kind of joke. If they were just baby versions of new characters, then it would be like, well, who cares? They would they're just babies. Yeah, so the reason they are that way is because the fountain of youth is readily available on Rapa Nui. It's just out there. And uh everyone that's come by It's always by, the last place you look. It's it's always people that go missing in plane crashes. Um, and then they're they're yeah. not able to be found. Uh, everyone that goes by just gets addicted to the fountain of youth water, and they drink it until they're babies. In which case, they have to stop because if you drink more than that, you'll reverse your own life into not existing before you were born. And that's you, there's just no coming back from that. <laughs> uh, but it's true. In addition to Jimmy Hoffa, the 1950s and 60s teamster, there are Amelia Earhart, D.B. Cooper. Lindbergh Jr., the Lindbergh baby, and uh, Glenn Miller, who is not a missing person. Glenn Miller is a is a is a jazzist, and he's just uh, he died in a plane. Mm-hmm. But he's he's not missing. Do you think using these mis- missing people is in poor taste? Um, I think using Glenn Miller is in poor taste. I think the other ones are okay. genuinely missing, and you know who knows what happened to him. Yeah, Glenn Miller died. We we know for sure. And the, and they're making a joke at the expense that he died. Yeah, I I I, I, know, I understand that planes and and sort of planes and boats and the Bermuda Triangle all have this weird connection that is, is uh, interesting. And I I think it, it's not too soon for Amelia Earhart. You know, like it's yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think anyone's we haven't crying about her now. Yet. Um, so it, I. I don't know. It, it, it's a form of immortalization. This kind of thing. Yeah. And DB Cooper, you can make fun of DB Cooper. He's he's just a criminal that people <laughs> couldn't find. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> that, Here, that's here's who's the thing. There. I think I think the one case is a little in poor taste, 
but I don't think it was necessarily maliciously in poor taste. Like, I, I could see the gears turning where they thought, oh, this person died. Oh, no, the joke is they actually just went missing, and here they are. So I don't, I don't think they were trying to necessarily uh, be disrespectful with it, uh, regardless of the results. Uh, I'm just, I just want to give them a little benefit of the doubt. Yeah, um, I, I would. It doesn't come across as harmful, even if it kind <laughs> of is. Uh, I would not be surprised if Glenn Miller is a is an influence on Jared Emerson Johnson. Uh, oh, yeah. A strong influence. He's he's all that 1940s World War II era jazz. And that is very much the sound of Sam and Max. Um, <laughs> Maybe filtered more toward a film noir lens, which happened later than that. But um, definitely that sort of big band thing. Glenn Miller is a, a big name and he's, he's an influence on me as well a little bit. Uh, so I, I think it's in... It, it's in respect to Glenn Miller. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't care about these babies. They don't do anything for me. <laughs> they, yeah, I agree. I Baby characters are hard to get right. And I don't think these ones are done like the worst, but they're not interesting. Yeah. It's, they're not like annoying baby characters, but it's also like, okay, well, see ya. It's no episode of that one McDonald's cartoon where they all get turned into babies at the theme park. <laughs> well, let's be honest, Mitch. What what is? Yeah, that's that's the gold standard for being turned into a baby. But <laughs> uh, it's it's at this point where I realized, hey, Bermuda Triangles, Bermuda, Rapa Nui, nowhere near each other. <laughs> Different oceans, not even the same ocean. Um, and I I think that later in the episode, someone makes a joke about that. But at the same time, like. Like, why, though? Like, why? <laughs> you could have just done this in Bermuda. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they don't have Maui heads, but... Yeah, I guess it's just to get the uh, Easter Island joke in there. I, I think it's fine. Who cares? <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Moai, not Maui. Moai? Moai. Moai. Yeah, okay. Moai heads. Gotcha, gotcha. I didn't want to say anything to you because I was worried I was the one saying it wrong. Who knows? I mean, we're probably both <laughs> saying it wrong because it's filtered through like a Western English-speaking filter. That's very true. We're sorry. Yeah. Everyone. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, you can now go back through the portal if you want to go back to the street where you can talk to anyone you want. Uh, if you talk to Stinky, she reveals that she lived on Easter Island as a kid for like a few months. And uh, <laughs> at first, shes it just seems like she's lying about it because she lies about everything to make herself seem cooler. But then she like references some stuff that you know to be true because you were just there. So I guess Stinky did live on Easter Island for a while. Yeah, um... Oh, one more thing about Stinky. Uh, she's cleaning a mysterious bloodstain. Yeah. Whole episode, she's cleaning a mysterious bloodstain. Doesn't lead to anything. Yeah, but it is kind of... I feel like it is kind of setting up... Uh, there might be some foul play afoot with this Stinky. Yeah, th this episode and last episode, too, um, they bring up the fact that Stinky's was run by an older guy at first. And now it's this younger woman, and they're wondering what happened to the original Stinky. And girl Stinky just says, um, 
yeah, he left. And she does it in a really <laughs> creepy way that sort of implies that she killed him. Just a little bit she killed him. Just a little Just bit. Just a little bit. It could be worse. Nope. And <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, she she's now cleaning a blood stain. This seems to be more evidence piling on. When Flint Paper showed up, she uh, said, yeah, no, it's fine that he's here. I just... I wish he wasn't, because I need to move some stuff from the meat locker, which is a, which is a thing murderers say. <laughs> so, that is their classic catchphrase. Um, how do you how do you finish this act? I don't remember. Um, act one. Well, act one where... is stopping the triangle from getting Sybil. That's their short act. Yeah. So what? So act two. How do you finish that? You need to get baby Jimmy Hoffa to drink from the Fountain of Youth water. Right. So he just isn't alive anymore. Yeah, Jimmy Hoffa is guarding the hidden cave for some reason. I don't think Yeah, they never really mention why he wants to keep you out. I guess they just needed something, some reason for you to not be able to get in. Yeah, I I guess. I, I, I feel like they picked Jimmy Hoffa specifically because... That's the one person who has gone missing that they could picture guarding something. <laughs> I guess so. You know, the more we talk about it, the more little cracks in this episode. I didn't even think about how it didn't make sense for Jimmy Hoffa to be guarding <laughs> the cave. And now I'm like, oh, just more and more of this episode that doesn't quite come together. Yeah. Uh, so you erase him from history. <laughs> by... Oh, shit. Mitch, I forgot one thing about Stinkies. Can we go back oh, yeah, to Stinkies yeah, 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 a little yeah. bit? One thing I wrote this down in my notes. You know the shark in Stinky's diner up top. Yes. If you hover your cursor over it, you you know how when you hover your cursor over things, it it tells you what it is. Yep. This time, instead of just shark, it's labeled shark with an exclamation point. <laughs> That's cute. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was there's there's no reason for it. It could have just been shark, but instead it's shark. You're you're scared. <laughs> yeah. I liked it enough to write it down on my notes. So, uh you need to do a lot of stuff to get Jimmy Hoffa to drink the Fountain of Youth water. Um does it doesn't matter. Then you go through into the cave. That <laughs> this is now act 3. Uh a bunch of sea monkeys. Which are, in this case, chimpanzees with tentacles. Like, regular sized. Uh, they call themselves the Ocean Chimps. They uh, reveal that they are praying to their high, uh, high priest. Which is the spectral form, the ghost, of your old goldfish, Mr. Spatula. Oh no! So Not Mr. Spatula. Yeah, Dustin, I forgot... The whole deal with Mr. Spatula from the last episode. Can you help me out with why this is a thing? Why is the ghost so, of Mr. Spatula here? Mr. Spatula, in the beginning of the last episode, was just evil. Sam was like, oh no, our fish is evil. And, uh... <laughs> yeah. They're, <laughs> they're like, we gotta stop Mr. Spatula. But, uh... The Mametron 9000 fires a laser through their window annihilating mr spatula and they're like okay well that problem's taken care of and now his ghost shows up here as their new uh high priest cool 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I. How do you feel about the fact that it's their the big bad of this episode is their ghost fish? So it, it's revealed that what's what Mr. Spatula is doing here is filtering lava from the core of the earth into the volcano so it has more pressure so it will explode. So what Mr. Spatula is trying to do is to make Easter Island erupt. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't have which doesn't do anything. Uh, because <laughs> Sam and Max weren't going to be there until that Bermuda Triangle showed up, and that triangle was not the cause of Mr. Spatula. Mr. Spatula is the one who sent the portal, though. Oh, it is he? Yeah, they say Mr. Spatula is the one who sent the. Uh, okay, the okay, portal. I didn't, I didn't understand that at the time. So, okay, that makes more sense. That makes a bit more sense. Um. Yeah, so I guess he uh, sent it to their street knowing Sam and Max would investigate. So that would bring them to the island and he could kill Sam and Max because he's an evil fish now. Yeah, that's a very that's a very Dark Knight jokery long way to go to make that happen. <laughs> but uh, sure. Yeah. I don't care I... about Mr. Spatula, I think, because I don't know he... why he's evil. Yeah, they don't really tell you uh, why. My thing with this is, I think, I appreciate the joke. I think it's funny that their goldfish is now this evil villain, this goldfish who can't talk. But it also doesn't lend itself to being very interesting, because it's just a fish that looks angry now. And I do it like its little talk. angry eyebrows, though. Yeah. And Mr. Spatula doesn't talk. The The sea chimps uh, translate. They tell you what he's saying. But that's that makes... That's from the sea chimps. I don't get anything from Mr. Spatula out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel the same way. This cave that they're in, though, has a lot of cool little Easter eggs. There's a hatch from the show Lost in there that has the numbers 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42 written on it, which is a Lost thing if you've seen Lost. Uh, hey. a, a lot of just plane crash accoutrement is down there in the the cave and it's all it's all little references Nick's showing off with his words again <laughs> i gotta do one per episode that really makes dustin <laughs> talk about it that <laughs> I'll, I'll give you that one that was very good i was like whoa <laughs> uh what was the was the last one rambunctious that you, that you i liked? think so rambunctious is a very good word uh the rambunctious accoutrement yeah it's great uh <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of my new uh bar so you got to do three things to convince the ocean ships chimps that max is their high priest which he isn't also uh this is another example of anti-spiritualism in sam and max which comes up a lot of times it came up uh in the last season in a big way in emetics criticizing the scientology movement of the mm-hmm. uh late 90s and early 2000s and this is uh, just a, a pot shot at, I guess, priests and religions, uh, prophets in general. This seems to be something that uh, they believe in deeply. Or they did at the time, at least at Telltale. Because it's fueling a lot of their, their social commentary. It's come up uh, a couple of times. Yeah, I've, I've found that some of my favorite, uh, some of my favorite shows... And games that that tread these waters end up doing pretty well. Um, 
Xavier Renegade Angel is another one of it's one of my favorite shows uh ran on Adult Swim that is that's clearly a, like a major criticism of just all kinds of spirituality and and the evils that come with it and now mm-hmm. uh now they're they're doing it in Simon Max <laughs> and now it's in the best episode of Salmon Max <laughs> it's uh Xavier and this episode came out probably at around the same time this seems to just Xavier be a time was for 2008 uh, right 2008-ish, yeah. Around there? Yeah, se- yeah 7, 8, 9-ish. And uh, it, it seems to be a firm part of culture to just like really criticize spirituality at this time. Uh, really just like turn the balance in the other, the other direction. What do you think about that? Um, I don't know, because I wasn't really thinking about it at the time. I was more uh, watching cartoons and reading comic books. <laughs> Yeah, but cartoons and comic books were like a big, a big part of it, a big uh, venue for that kind of thing to show up. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. Like, I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. Now that uh, it seemed to be something going around, uh, I guess it was fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what I have to say about it. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I don't have any strong feelings one way or the other over it. Um, I've never really been a spiritual guy. Yeah, uh, me neither. I, I've also <laughs> not had any kind of spirituality in my life, so I guess that uh, I'm, I'm not the kind of person to be offended by any, you know, claims that it doesn't exist. So that's just right. where I'm coming like, from. But I imagine that if I, you did have that, it would be it would be different. Yeah, I would be enraged at these sea monkeys. <laughs> enraged. <laughs> uh, it's very easy to convince them that Max is the high priest. You need to do three things. You need to have the feet that they worship. It's the feet of the Maui heads. Moai. I like Moai that. I, I like I like that. I like that. The heads are up top, and then they got little feet down below. Yeah, they're like Diglett might be. <laughs> yeah i think i think that's fun that's a fun little thing about this episode yeah uh so you need to just play music for one of the maui heads and moai heads i'm not ever gonna say it right probably uh and the song makes the head tap its feet and that means that it likes max for some reason there's a clam that has some rocks sticking out of it that almost looks exactly like max but it's missing one ear you cause an earthquake to make a stalactite fall, uh, and then you can put the stalactite on the clam, and then it looks like Max. And then the other thing that they require a high priest to do in order to prove that they're the high priest is just to feed them, which is not a <laughs> mystical thing. They're just hungry. Yeah, they just they just want food. So you got to give they them just want some banane. Yeah, I'll give this episode this. It's the it's the very first time Benang shows up. Yeah, I wrote down on my notes first Benang sighting. We're gonna be seeing a lot of Benang, not just in Sam and Max, but throughout this show. Yeah, Benang shows up in uh, I think it shows up in Strong Bad. It shows up in Monkey Island. It shows up in Walking Dead at some point. Yeah, I know it shows. <laughs> it shows up in an extremely hidden very hidden like it it took eight years to find easter egg in the tales from the borderlands game holy shit yeah uh like you you have to you have to go 
in one section through a section right before the point of no return and then head back and then you can find they like somehow in walking there and back it adds a banang can to the environment that you can find almost like the hidden metroid in donkey kong country tropical freeze i love that yeah our mutual friend shane found that metroid good job shane good job shane I wouldn't have found that Metroid, and I wouldn't have found that Benang. I almost found that Metroid, but I gave up. I was doing <laughs> stuff that would have led me to find it, but I thought it was taking too much time. You decided, I have better ways to spend my life. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I ended up writing the article about Shane finding that Metroid. It was fun. <laughs> Um, I like that. You didn't do it, but you wrote the article saying Shane did it. That's close enough. Yeah, and uh, I found out which publications are cool and which ones aren't cool by which ones credited my article. Because I know I was the first (laughs) article about it because it was Shane. So so it turns out... Shane broke the story to you exclusively. Yeah, I remember Game uh, Game Explain credited me, which was nice. They they put the uh, original article in the description. Um, nice, good. IGN credited me. They put the article oh. in the description. Uh, good for them. Almost no one else did. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was I was more flabbergasted to find that some websites just ripped the entire article and put it they, on their they website. Just like they just like copy and pasted your article and put them on their own site. Yep. Wow, I'm sorry. That doesn't sound like a cool thing for people to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess it was fine because it was definitely already one of the more read articles I had written. But um, yeah, this is a dick thing to do. I didn't know that it was so prevalent that so many websites did that. But its I, I don't even think a human did it. I bet a bot just scraped it and put it mm, up. You should all be ashamed of yourselves, bots. Yeah, come on, robots. <laughs> Grow some emotion, why don't you? Uh, so you you go to Bosco's and he's got Benang. You need to convince, you need to distract him by uh, using a radio to pretend to be T-H-E-M because he's still very afraid of T-H-E-M in, in order for him to hide in his bunker. Uh, and then you can just steal the Benang from the store. I, I guess I like this puzzle. I like that you had to, like, find the right frequency to talk to Bosco and you can hear other things on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I don't think any of them are particularly interesting. There, There's a Metal Gear reference in there. There yeah. is. And that makes me wonder, like, is this really that? <laughs> like, is, is this really <laughs> happening at the same time as Metal Gear 1? Yeah, of course. Sure. Um... <laughs> Let's see, then you are the high priest, so you're allowed to go to the top of the little machine that Mr. Spatula's on and try to turn it off, but it's too late, so the lava's already pumping. Now what you have to do is just figure out what to, how to adapt to that situation, and you do that by going to the surface again, go, leaving the cave. Well, before you leave, you have to press the emergency button that makes a giant uh, pink portal show up and start spinning around in front of the uh, volcano. True. Um, And you need to send a little red octagon into it so it stops right in front of the volcano as it's exploding, erupting. So the, uh, the lava filters into that 
emergency triangle. Yes, so you yes, did yes. it. They comment, I wonder where all that lava is going. And then Max says, I don't care. <laughs> uh, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I don't care either. <laughs> I don't think this is particularly a good final puzzle because it's pretty easy to do. It's not like something you got to figure out because you see him drop the the medallion and then the snail slime is just right next to it. I I don't know for a last puzzle of the episode. I don't think it feels very satisfying. Yeah, um but if you want to talk about rough puzzles, there's a puzzle earlier and we we sort of passed over it cuz we were trying to get through the plot, but I do want to come back to this puzzle which is the way you cause that earthquake to happen that drops the stalactite in the cave. Uh-huh. You did you didn't like this one? This one sucks. <laughs> so, okay, go on. The one of the Maui heads you know is the guardian of earth and you know that he can cause earthquakes when he laughs that's a he tells you that it's it's well known so you're like okay well how do i make this guy laugh then you find out from something else that basalt is like weed for rocks it which is a let me do that again basalt is like marijuana for rock heads uh, to, to be more <laughs> clear about what I'm trying to say. So if you feed him a basalt sandwich, um, he'll get real high, which you... I think that part's fine so far. You can figure that all out on your own. So then you're like, okay, how do I get a basalt sandwich? The only other time basalt is mentioned in the episode is it stinkies. The special mm-hmm. of the day is a granite sandwich for adults and a basalt sandwich for kids. Because it's easier on their tummies. Yeah, so you don't do you I don't think you need the granite sandwich for anything. I don't think you do either, no. It's just kind of a red herring, and that's not good. They Stinky could have just been like, Oh, sorry, you can't get the special. It's a basalt sandwich. You're not children. They give you the sandwich and it kind of makes you think that you're gonna use that sandwich for something, but you don't. You need the basalt sandwich. But I feel like it's mentioned once, and I could be wrong. Maybe I just wasn't paying super close attention. I feel like it's mentioned once, and then they just call it the children's special. The word basalt is never brought up again. That might be true, and, yeah. And I I didn't remember what I was supposed to do. Like, I, I remembered the children's special, so I, I, I remember you needed to drink from the Fountain of Youth, so I remember there was a connection there. But I, I just had no idea that's what you would get from it this isn't even the worst part yet though the worst part (laughs) is that if you drink the fountain of youth water at easter island you only have a limited amount of time as a kid it turns you into a kid which is cute uh but you only have a limited amount of time as a kid to go back into the portal and then go all the way across the street to stinkies and then have the conversation about the sandwich uh and it's it's not enough time and the the fact that it isn't enough time isn't even really clear to you unless you try it like three or four times. And then you'll be like, mm, mm-hmm. actually, I think I'm doing something wrong. It might just feel like you didn't do it in time. Yeah. Um, but then, all, so, so what you need to do is you need to go into Stinky's, paint the gong that she has hung on her wall red. 
and then hit with the snail with a snail that you find in the cave yeah which has like red goo coming from it and then which i i guess i guess that's fine but when it's in your inventory i don't think there's red goo to remind you that it can like make red goo yeah that sucks too but the, also the idea that a red gong will control this red triangle is not automatic because you see silver and gold gongs control silver and gold smaller triangles but this red triangle has always just gone wherever it wants to go without any gongs so and it's like a lot bigger i i don't think it's i don't think it makes sense just to assume that this gong would work the same way and also that coloring a gong to be red would work the same way because all the other gongs that do this have triangles on them like on the gong itself to demonstrate like hey this thing is about this thing is like about the triangles the portals. it's about the yeah. portals and uh so any any part of the fact that stinky's thing worked is so dumb uh but <laughs> but it, it i that's what they wanted to do yeah i like the little sam and max at least yeah they're fun sam has a I picture like of max little... on his shirt I was just about to. I was just about to say that. I was like, I, I like that. Yeah. I like that he has Max on it. He he and Max are such good pals that he wears a shirt of Max of his friend, and Max does not return the favor because he's a nudist. <laughs> True. He's always been a nudist. He's never taken a break. <laughs> you think being a nudist would tire you out, but no. No. Wait. What? <laughs> what does that? What does that mean, Dustin? Because you said he never takes a break from being a nudist. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to say about this episode? Not really. It wasn't very good. It, it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely the worst Sam and Max. I think every section of the episode is so distinct from each other. And like, it, it, there's no connections that are fun that are going on. Like the The first act is saving Sybil on the street. And then the second act is getting into a cave talking to the babies. And then the third act is talking to the ocean chimps. And they're all just not related to each other. Yeah, nothing about this episode feels like it goes together. Like there's, I guess the theme is just... Yeah, what is it? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) I wanted to say the theme is like lost things like you have the bermuda triangle you have easter island which is kind of a yeah mysterious thing to people but and you have the fountain of youth there but none of that really ties into what happens later with the sea chimps none of this goes together yeah it, re- it really does it's a sloppy episode with not very good puzzles not very good jokes i don't i don't know what happened just nothing was firing this week yeah and then the post credit scene is the moai heads getting sucked up by a ufo's tractor beam out of the ground and um i guess that's interesting it it's hard to think like well they were just they were just going to be there for i don't like i don't care about the moai heads they're they're fine leaving <laughs> easter island yeah they didn't even want to be there yeah um dustin what do you say we head into our segments Okay, let's go into our segments. I, I think that sounds like a grand idea, Mitch. Segment, Thank you segment, for segment, segment, segment. That's our new uh, theme song. The first segment <laughs> is Linguistic Gymnastics. We have still not renamed it. 
Dustin, you got any good lines? So I said this episode isn't that funny, but I do have a few here that really made me laugh. Um, uh, one of them is where you're talking to the Moai heads. And so these Moai heads, there's three different ones. One of them is uh, stuck more underground than the others, so he d- you don't really understand what he's saying. And then there's one in the middle that's just kind of the level-headed one, and then there's one that's, like, mean. One's an asshole. And uh, <laughs> so you're talking to the Moai heads, and uh, they tell you about the hidden cave. Sam says... Uh, where is this ancient hidden underground cave? And then the asshole one says, it's hidden. And Sam just snaps back. Cool it, Rocky. I was asking the middle one. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, uh, another one is, uh, hold on, let me look through my notes. Uh, this one wasn't like super funny, but it made me smirk a little. Uh, you're talking to Stinky. This is when Sybil's running around outside, scared of this portal. Sam says, any idea how to help Sybil? Stinky says, uh, drop that Lincoln guy like a bad habit. And Sam says, we meant more short term, but thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he thinks he thanks Stinky for something that doesn't apply to him, but he appreciates it. And I think my favorite line in the entire episode, it made me laugh so hard. It's when you're talking to baby Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> and and Max says, Sam, let's teach him the wrong words for things. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> uh, that <laughs> uh, Yeah, those are mine. Uh I like that even if this episode wasn't super funny, I got that one really good laugh out of it. Um But what are your lines, Mitch? I'm interested in hearing what yours are, because it's kind of slim. You don't it, get, it's a, a, bit get slim. a whole lot to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. Um so when you're talking to Abraham Lincoln, the reason that Sybil breaks up with him, and we kind of didn't cover this, is because he is enamored with the middle Moai head. And he's like, whoa, that's a big head. Because he's also a big rock head. He can relate. He can relate. Um, it's like when you're old, so you're only into other old people. It's like that, but when you're a giant stone head. So he keeps like just staring at her and flirting with her. And Sybil's eventually just she's had it and she leaves and Sam and Max go, Oh, do you want us to like help you patch things up? And Lincoln goes, nah, she'll be back. Mary Todd, Sybil, the South. They just can't stay away from the L man. (laughs) That's a, that's a good trilogy of, of women that have left Lincoln. Yeah. Um, (laughs) the South. Yeah. Uh, let's see if I have anything else. Oh, uh, so when you're trying to ask uh, Stinky for help with with Sybil, uh, Stinky says, oh, it's a triangle? It's not really my thing. <laughs> Which I, I just like the concept of that. She she then talks about how her expertise with portals are more circular. Uh, also, when Ooh. she sees Sam and Max for the first time, she goes, Hank and Jethro, was it? Uh, which is some good names. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's it. That's what I got for lines. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry this episode didn't have a whole lot. I guess I'm not responsible for it, but yeah. I'm sorry that we had to not have that many. Dustin, we've talked about this. You can't be apologizing for things that you didn't do. You're right. Well, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> what was your favorite potent pickup? So potent pickup this week. This was kind of a struggle too. I didn't think any of them were particularly that interesting. This you get your bowling ball and you never use your bowling ball for anything. Yeah. This episode has so many items you pick up that you don't use. It it just feels sloppy. Maybe they just weren't in a good headspace with this episode. Yeah, it feels pretty sloppy. Yeah, but like sloppy all around. It's not like just one area where it's like, oh, okay, well, that didn't play out, but everything else was solid. No, it's just like everything in this episode. Like the puzzles aren't very good. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I should get to my po- I wonder if the, the Skunk Ape remaster is going to do some puzzle restructuring on this episode. I wouldn't mind if they did. I feel like it might be a little too much to ask for if they want to be as faithful as possible, but I definitely would not mind. They did a little restructuring on episodes one and three of season oh, one. Oh, did they? They did. What What did they do? Uh, they moved some items around where you find them because there was a spray paint can like on a car that people right. were never That's seeing. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. They were never I remember. like just seeing the pixels of the spray paint can. So they moved it to a different place and they made the can much bigger. Uh, I forget what they did with episode three, but I think it was some like cause and effect stuff that they they reorganized. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Maybe they will then. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but what was your what but was your item? My my potent pickup is Benang. Good. It's not even you. You don't really do anything interesting with it in this episode, but I just think what it stands for. You know. Yeah. I have I have that connection with Benang, and this is its first appearance. Yeah, I um, I I like Benang. Yeah. When I was <laughs> thinking about titles this podcast could have, I I thought about the Benang show for a little bit. <laughs> the Benang Hour. Yeah. Um, I'm glad it isn't that because it, yeah. <laughs> it's already kind of hard to figure out what we're doing without yeah, the show being it, it called would, the Benang it sure Show. Would be, it sure would be crazy if the name of our show had very little to do with what we actually talk about. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is the Tiki Glass. I almost put the Tiki Glass. So you use the Tiki Glass to convey liquids. You bring people the... Uh, what do you call it? The, the fountain of youth water you bring people or you, you there, you can use lighter fluid in it. You can use just water in it. And all of that stuff is, uh, all that stuff's pretty cool. That's, that's a, that's one item that you can use a lot of different places. And the use of the item is very clear and it's helpful. It's a good puzzle element. So I'm going to go with the Tiki glass. That's a good one, but that remind that reminds me of another thing you never use in this episode. I guess it's not that big a deal, but you know how they have like the three uh, drinks yeah. at the bar. You only use two of them. I actually think that's a good thing. Okay, uh, it it makes it like if if you can only do a certain number of things where everything has to do something, then you'll eventually just brute force your way through any puzzle. That's true. I I get that. I I I take back what I was about to say. No, you're allowed to say it. No, I I I agree with what you you've changed my mind on the diaper rash drink at the tiki bar. Well, Dustin, here's the biggest segment of all. Who's your weekly oh, guy? My weekly guy. So this is tough since I don't think anyone really, even the mainstays, I don't think did or said anything like particularly great this week. 
Like, uh, Sybil is just there to cry. Bosco doesn't do anything. Uh, ah, this is tough. I guess I'm going to go with the sea chimps just because I like their designs. Cool. And they don't really even have any, like, super funny lines, but they're just neat designs. Um, yeah, I, they're, they're fine. (laughs) Yeah. And, and here's another segment I'm going to bring in. I have an unweekly guy this week. Oh, okay. I think Abe Lincoln is awful in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. I think he's a huge asshole 100% of the time. He doesn't even feel remorse for what he's done. He's just an asshole and that's how he is. And he's bad and not good. And I was like, I do not wish to know you, big head. An unweekly guy is is an interesting way to frame that because he's still of the (laughs) week. Yeah, he's the opposite of the Hall of Fame. You know what? I like it though. We're gonna call that the unweekly guy. Maybe, maybe we'll keep that around. Because um, okay. Abe Lincoln I, is did, definitely you did it also once. mine. You did it. Yeah, you did it once for the bone episode. You're right. So I figured right. it would be fine to retread. Yeah. Um, my weekly guy is Baby Glenn Miller. I like his voice. <laughs> he's got a funny voice, and uh, he he's trying to write a new song. And he doesn't know anything about it except that it definitely has to be about trains. Uh, that's great. I I love that. And the he composes the the one cool like extra special Jared Emerson Johnson song for this episode. Usually the musical numbers have words. This one does not. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> It, it, it it's not like bad but it uh, that's another thing that does kind of feel not as good oh my god we didn't even bring up the cops this episode oh you're i mean right. i guess they just i guess they just do the same thing they did last time but still yeah they just <laughs> let you do the driving mini game um yeah you get a horn from it that you use in one of the puzzles with uh with glenn miller yeah they really don't like sybil uh the cops yeah they don't like sybil because she's like running from the triangle and yelling and they keep going like ah she's she's so noisy (laughs) civil should have been more considerate yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah the game is basically the same but i i don't know i think it's a kind of fun game looking out for things to shoot and just hitting this one's a lot harder than the torture me elmer game and i don't necessarily like that because i feel like for the last decal it's maybe a little too hard because like so what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to hit all of the accordions and no you're supposed to hit the bagpipes and avoid the accordions but in the last one they put the accordions like right behind the bagpipes and it's so hard to dodge them luckily they give you like a ton of health so i it's not one that's like hard to beat but it it was a little i was kind of sweating I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm going to do this on the first try this time. Yeah, I uh, I didn't find it to be hard, but last episode I had a thing that I hmm. found to uh, be a little challenging that you said wasn't hard, so now we're even. I'm glad. I'm glad it worked out for both of us <laughs> in the end. We met in the middle. Uh, did you get all of the decals again? Yes, I'm going to make sure to get them every time because you get an achievement for it on the Xbox. Nice. Um, so... I like that the cops are now one of the people that you just see every week. That is good. 
even if it's just the same thing every week it, it's just nice they, they are I think they're still the great unsung stars of this series they're really good i really like their personalities yeah uh when you were saying it was hard that reminded me of the of the last episode because of the boxing betty thing i thought was hard and that just made me think of all the little scenes from last episode like the the three christmas past present and future segments and mm-hmm. how well uh, like well shot those are the cinematography the camera angles and everything and just the narrative trappings of all of that and the tone and how this episode didn't have any of that yeah i i didn't even think about it but i yeah the last episode just had so much going on it was very impressive so much and we were talking about how like it it felt like it really progressed the story of the episode really well and then this one's just like very simple puzzles yeah except for the ones that are annoyingly frustrating yeah and it it, it's a shame that this episode is it's a shame that we have to be so harsh on this episode it's it's wearing its lack of quality on its sleeves but so are we on our own twitter accounts dustin (laughs) what's yours my twitter is amazing dj dustin that's the one it's a good one. That's also my ins. Thank you. It's also my Instagram. Uh, I know you specifically asked for Twitter, but it is also my Instagram where you can see uh, some colorful pictures. Dustin, that's allowed. <laughs> Thank you. You can find my Twitter at the Wolf FM. That's at sign T H E W O L F E F M. Please, uh, it- if you can, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, I say if you can, it's free. Come on, guys. Uh, let, let's be real about it. You can do it. And if you want to stick around, next week we'll be covering Sam and Max Beyond Time and Space Episode 3, Night of the Raving Dead. I hope you like it a little bit more than we liked this one, but until then, I'll see you around. Better luck next week. Next week.